Hey folks, it's Natalie. You're listening to Critical Care, a show about games, community, and the reasons we play. This is episode 70, featuring indie game dev Canvas, aka Big Hand in Sky, creator of games such as A Day of Maintenance and A Forgetful Loop. Enjoy! On Canvas, otherwise known as Big Hand in Sky, I am a technical artist for my day job and well, been a generalist kind of my whole career and um, kind of came from like being good at art and then learning to code and then just by virtue of using Unity for my day job kind of got used to doing general stuff and then um, yeah kind of had the skill set to make a couple of games by myself and self-publish them and yeah my pronouns are he and him and also trying out she and her right now a bit of both awesome yeah i'm very curious to hear more about kind of your background with games i first came across your work from uh, freya campbell i you know i had her on the show probably over a year now at, at this point which is about how long i've been meaning to check out your games uh, i believe she wrote on uh, forgetful loop and then also a day of maintenance maybe we could start there with kind of sort of the background of, of those two games, which uh, I think are going to be kind of the main ones that we discuss, kind of how that collaboration started, and just, I guess, more generally about how those projects began. Yeah, it all kind of started with Forgetful Loop, where um, uh, the kind of background on that is, like, it was a pandemic, I got made redundant, and then got paid in lieu, and then... I was like, okay, well, it's a pandemic. I've got a couple months pay and I want to take a break between jobs. So like, fuck it. But like, let's go and make a game by myself. I have the skills and like interest in the perfect storm. And then as part of that, I wanted to kind of bring in some visual novel elements into it. Cause I kind of felt like, okay, I want to have some story, but I don't want to like do it through sequencing or cutscenes or spoken dialogue and stuff. So I'll use like, a story player kind of in the same way of like i was interested in ink and ink, ink by inkle and 80 days and stuff so um going from that i'm like okay well i need a writer because i want to focus on the gameplay and design and stuff that i've already got enough on my plate and um did my first ever like writer's call of like going on twitter and saying hey if anyone would like to write on this game um please send me like a portfolio and stuff i have a theme and um, I wrote like a very detailed brief and theme and like made a Spotify playlist, got a PDF of all that ready and then had like a couple dozen people like send the name in and with some writing and stuff. And then out of all that, like Freya had just kind of, I had a really good gut feeling basically. And that was, that was it. Got her to do like a writer's test along with a, a couple other people, like a paid, a paid writer's test on, I think it was like, 10 or 20 quid so not not the most but it was something and yeah like i I honestly had no idea she existed before that point um same with a lot of other writers and then over the course of like making it yeah just both and i enjoyed working with her she enjoyed the premise um she suggested like quite a few like ideas and like i know like over the course of making forgetful loop like just Seeing her play test the game or play the gameplay to like double check the, the writing played out correctly, she kind of gave me a bit of confidence and some security that I was doing an okay job, which was really, really helpful during the making of that. But yeah, it was really just like out of nowhere, then chatted. And then after that, it was like when I was starting day of maintenance, I was like, okay, well, I need a writer. I know someone who would love this idea and would love the direction I'm going with. So I messaged Freya and then she was like, yeah, I'm down. And then, yeah, a year and a half later, day of maintenance was done. And then we, we were both exhausted by it. <laughs> I think I was, I was more exhausted. She moved on to other things halfway through. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that, that game took a long time. Yeah. It's, it's very, very robust and, and seems like quite a, quite a jump up in uh scope from a forgetful loop from what i've played so far um i definitely want to talk about that more um it's it's interesting that you kind of you two just happen to sort of bump into each other in a way i guess online because it does seem i don't do feel like there's a lot of 
overlap in kind of the what your games seem interested in and what Freya's games are interested in often like sort of this pulpy speculative sci-fi with a lot of like queer elements sort of mixed in I've really enjoyed the mix between um, how you integrate like a a pretty substantial amount of, of writing into games that are often pretty technical and kind of like crunchy I think that's sort of the way, the way you described it on your itch page as well. Uh, I'm curious, kind of how you, um, I guess, how you approach that that balance. Like, like how much interplay do you sort of start with between like the the writing and the the mechanics? Yeah, I think like, I mean, with Forgetful Loop, I was kind of going in with an idea of like, I think having visual novels uh, as a way of like presenting story and dialogue is a way that you can get a lot of writing into a a single screen like to kind of like think of it from a technical like developer as- a- a- attitude of i have the game screen then i have the story screen and um and with like i think one attitude i have with games is like with sort of designing and implementing them is making it so you have like these reusable atoms and like easy to place like uh gameplay mechanics and then you can kind of move them, shift them, manipulate them in a way of like with day of maintenance, like the only real gameplay is like these uh, bases that you go to from bit to bit, place to place to fix. And the player truck is just driving over terrain. The way you can design and change the design is by moving where these buildings are placed, right? And like changing how many nodes there are to fix. But separately, they, you can just kind of play and mix those as much as you want. So in between those, you have like the story stuff uh, in a very general way. I guess thinking of it in a way of like, how can I make the dialogue come up naturally was something I came into with day of maintenance because coming off Forgetful Loop, I just I was kind of aware that it just kind of appears and then you're back into gameplay and then interrupts. It's kind of interrupting you, I guess, rather than I hesitate to say like interacting or choosing to start the story because at least with day of maintenance you're able to have more control over it and it feels more natural i can't remember when i changed my profile to say crunchy technical gameplay i think the way i'd kind of describe it now is i want to make games that have a, a major story component and a major gameplay component and having those two like flow in and out of each other in a kind of natural or graceful way but that being said, it's like still like, okay, you, you start interacting with the story panel or something. So I'm still trying to figure that out and hopefully we'll get there at some point. I can't remember where it was, but I played a couple of like text-based visual novels, I think before Forgetful Loop or after it. That made me realize like, like I, f- I think this is really obvious and like pretty simple to say, like pretty naive to say, but... Like with text, you can do a lot. Like with books, you can describe a lot. Um, you don't need so much set dressing to describe a scene. You can like leave it half, not half baked, but um, if you go and see a play, right, they don't have the entire city in the background. They just suggest it with noise and then maybe a backdrop. And then you're focused on the actors and your brain kind of fills in the blanks, right? So with like text-based like story if you kind of come into it with an idea of like forgetful loop was a big diorama almost like a big play set at the time i wasn't thinking of it like a doll's house but i guess i would describe it now as a doll's house of like it's a place that has enough geometry and lighting in it to help you your brain start filling in the blanks with the text and the characters because you're focusing on the gameplay and the text rather than the scene itself so much of all like this stuff kind of comes up naturally i think from letting the game breathe in terms of question of like how do you get so much text and story into a game it's like kind of just by letting letting the writers and me just keep writing and adding stuff into it and then realizing a bit late like oh we need to like limit this a bit i know with day of maintenance like i went into it with a lot more of like okay we're gonna make act one and then use that as a baseline for how much the other acts are going to take to make. And then kind of using that to, using the sense, a, a more vague sense of, okay, each act should be about an hour 
Well, like Act 1 is a couple of hours and Act 2 is a bit less. Act 3 is the shortest and Act 4 gets a bit longer again. And by virtue of having that time limit, helped to dial in how much text we wanted or how much story we wanted. But still, by virtue of using ink or inkle, ink by inkle, uh, writing it in a way where big, rambly, casual, looping dialogues between a bunch of characters just kind of seem to gravitate to having a lot of text appear. Yeah, I think this this definitely comes through in the two games, uh, Day of Maintenance and A Forgetful Loop, which are the ones I played the most of. I sort of dipped into a few of your prior games before that, but spent the most time checking those out. And there is, it is interesting to see kind of the shift in how you approach combining the story and the mechanics between those two um, i guess to uh, take a step back and give a bit of context for people who haven't played these games uh, a forgetful loop is about scientists who try and create a time machine and it goes wrong and the whole game starts looping every 30 seconds which you then plays out as kind of like a worker placement board game but restarting every 30 seconds and then sort of interspersed between there are like ink kind of twine style uh interactive uh story segments they are they are quite quite sudden and they do sort of like um impose themselves on you but uh, i've also found that that game the the looping segments are like so stressful and like intense that it's almost a relief when a when a story segment comes up and I have like a few seconds to breathe, uh, which is kind of how a lot of the segments in the story go as well, where people sort of take a second to step back and try and understand their situation. Maybe they think about, you know, a, a scene that happened before all the looping began and you know, some more people slowly start to to understand that they're stuck in this loop. So there's kind of like a nice trade-off there between like the very the very frenetic uh, like puzzle segments and then the sort of more cerebral like narrative bits that start but in uh a day of maintenance which is about driving a big kind of clunky repair vehicle through desert to repair satellite dishes and then having like trucker conversations on your your uh future am radio and occasionally talking to your robot boyfriend that's orbiting above the planet. The the narrative sort of is integrated in a much less intrusive way generally, because it is you're mostly like taking calls on your radio while you're still like driving through the desert or finishing repair. Like it's almost happening without you half the time. I guess with the exception of your, your conversations with uh your boyfriend who you know, you obviously have to pay attention to him because be a you know be a shitty boyfriend if he didn't. Yeah, that's like I think like as a fun fact, like when we were originally like start when I was originally going like okay, I've got this uh, game jam game, um, and I want to turn it into a big, much bigger project. The original idea was it was just going to be the player and Orby having conversations and no one else. Uh, Freya was the one. That brought in these other truck gang characters because they like she mentioned like yeah like you'd have other people you work with and talk to so they should be a part of it too and i'm like okay well then we can have the idea of like important and non-important conversations and then one more character got added and another character got added and then suddenly it became this much much bigger scope thing and i'm really glad we did i'm really glad i kind of let let go of the reins as much as i did because um like yeah freya brought a lot of character into that and then we bounced bounced ideas off each other in a really like natural way i think that led to where it's at now one thing i found really interesting when the game came out day of maintenance was for me by the end of it the act of driving and chatting felt really natural and just very like yeah like we're just driving around there's not much happening like there's some terrain shifts to keep you like somewhat focused but um, that game got inspired by me like playing or seeing people talk about Euro Truck Simulator 2 as a podcast game. So like, 
the act of driving and listening or driving and talking is totally doable, right? And then when people were streaming it, they would just stop in their tracks to drive or to, to read and chat. And then as soon as the conversation finished, they'd start driving and then be driving for like 10, 20 minutes. And I was sitting there going like, I mean, the game supports that and it's fine. It's like, I'm just kind of surprised. And I'm not sure why I was surprised that people found it difficult to drive and read text at the same time without crashing. And I think like that game is both like, yeah, it's, I feel really like proud and happy about how well it, the text naturally came into it. As in the sense of like coming into it with an attitude like, no, no, like they're the, the, when you're driving, the chat player can sit in the top left of the screen. The Your D-pad is free, so you can use that to interact with it. You're just using the left stick and triggers to drive, so your A button is free too, right? I think there is a way of making it a little bit easier to play with, like in the sense of perhaps having the chat dialogue be a bit more easier to read or natural to read or something. I'm not quite sure what that means right now, but... I think there is an easier way. Hopefully I can get around to it. I definitely want to like make more games in the day of maintenance universe. Not to like spin up a cinematic universe. I do not have like the ability, funding, time, energy, whatever you call and anything to do that right now, but it's a dream. Definitely coming coming off forgetful loop. Either I played Disco Elysium before, around or after it. And uh, that, along with other text-based games, maybe kind of just want to make it more of a component of the games I want to make um, in the way of like, okay, there's a way of making this appear more naturally. There's a way of making the system like come into play more. The idea of the walk and talk, I think, is something I keep gravitating towards when I'm like, making up ideas or having them appear like there's like i mean for me it's like i come to like band of brothers or other like like a, a lot of tv but band of brothers especially of like um or like world war ii stuff right where uh, all the squad is walking somewhere and they're talking about stuff like you can make the walking to an app to an area be part of the gameplay somehow and having those kind of like natural dialogues i think is something yeah, I I really have enjoyed how laborious and slow a day of maintenance is so far. Like even if even if not like it hasn't taken me like thirty hours or whatever to get through a chapter, but like the act of playing it is very deliberate and drawn out and I think that really lends itself to the types of conversations that happen, which are often like very small stakes, like clearly somebody bored and you know they get on the radio to talk about you know what kind of music do they like and sort of tease the new guy for not listening to music while they're working or something to that effect i think it lends itself to the type of themes that the game is is exploring kind of around like labor and you know autonomy and like automation yeah i'd say like day maintenance is a very is a very decidedly slow game like it's not it's not about taking it slow but it's about like just takes time to drive around this space um you there's a lot of like empty space to fill in with conversation because you don't do anything else when you're driving almost like you're ever listening to the radio looking at the the terrain rolling past or you're having conversations with people and especially in the context of like, hey, you're robots, you can multitask. I think there's something in there of like, in the game of, you're very, very small. You are like a robot amongst millions, like or tens and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of robots who are doing these menial jobs because the humans are off doing something else. Um, or they're scavenging because they can't do something else because this is still a, like... We're still in this capitalist society where there is the money is still like very important and like a bedrock of the place. For me, I didn't necessarily go into it with a thought of like making it about labor, about labor rights, about like what does it mean to be a robot with consciousness and stuff. 
I think I was more interested in having like the emptiness, the vastness, the quietness, the slowness be like fertile ground for ground the player character and his boyfriend or be to talk or like have a reason to talk, have a reason to want to talk because of the silence. Freya brought in all of the not all of the, but a very, very major part of like, hey, this is like a good space to talk about labor rights and what does it mean for robots to be sentient and workers and stuff and using that to kind of tap into other things. In a way, it also became this really like good avenue to explore like, okay, like robots have personality or are a given personality and what kind of personalities do they have and like what would they talk about and how do they perceive being tools what does it mean to be a tool i guess so yeah like the slowness the vastness of day of maintenance is i don't know it just it just seemed right i guess like that was like okay well this big vast space to have conversations the game needs to be big slow to allow this conversation it's like almost as a thing of the game should be slow so that the truck moves so slowly you can't just tip over by accident. Like, I mean, that, that being said, like, the truck has ridiculous physics and, like, it's a six-wheeler buggy on, like, 100,000 tons of, like, hydraulics. So, like, people still just tip it over all the time anyway. But, um, yeah, the, like, the game feels slow because I think a lack of time pressure is kind of a key thing I want to play around with or, like, one thing I like in designing the games I want to like make is not having time pressure or like with forgetful loop there is time pressure but the time you've lost is still useful for the next loop and the next loop like your progress hasn't been lost by failing a loop you always fail forwards and I think that's something I want to like bring to my games because negative consequences to failing is something I don't really like or at least not in the games I want to make. I love Dark Souls because I'm one of those people. Um, but I, I guess I guess almost way like I don't necessarily know how to confidently design negative consequences just yet, in the way that Souls like games really demand of a designer. Yeah, it's it's quite challenging. I've played quite a few games recently that have attempted to be like very harsh in in an attempt to like reinforce their themes. Um, and I think it's it's a very hard balance to to get right to like actually, you know, c- convey through your mechanics like the severity of like action, because ultimately at some point you probably want everyone to like be able to actually play your game. Like it's probably unless it's like I don't know, kind of like an art installation or something where it can be like exceedingly cruel uh, just for the sake of a theme. Yeah, well, I think, like, to my mind, I would go in the direction of, okay, well, if you die, every death does make you progress in another way. Like, deaths make progress towards more dialogue with a certain character, or at a certain, like, like 10 to 20 deaths, you can unlock, you have a, tem- a, t- a temporary unlock of something else. But I guess it's, like, making making your actions, your consequences all worthwhile in some way, I guess. Yeah, it's I'm I'm definitely interested in games that can do that effectively that can like hurt me as a player but like in an interesting way in a way that like makes me more engaged rather than just kind of frustrated which you know I can kind of count on one hand the, the games that I think do that effectively but but then I think kind of like the a parallel to that are games that just make it that just sort of resist um the sort of traditional, like almost consumptive, consumptive tendencies that I think is sort of like baked into a lot of games, like like a day of maintenance. How you know you could only go so fast. Like you're always gonna have to spend like a lot of real world time just like putzing around the desert because you're in this ridiculous, extremely impractical repair machine that you know can't go up hills if you don't like get a running start and just constantly get stuck on stuff like i've had a lot of fun just driving horribly just like having to reckon with how much larger my vehicle is than i realize which i assume is not that dissimilar from how it is to drive like 
a semi truck or something and have to like you know make a lot of preemptive decisions because you know you you can't just break suddenly you have to like it's a whole drawn out process to do anything but yeah i think i i think just like the force drawn out mechanics of the game and how is explicitly like you're doing work just lends itself very well um generally like to talking about labor like making the the action like repetitive and slow in in a way that kind of mirrors you know a lot of current jobs that are just about you know doing the same thing a bunch of times to make a number go up so it's an interesting like structure that yeah i hope to, i hope to see more of i haven't played stuff like death stranding yet which i feel is kind of in a somewhat similar vein but i don't know if that one is actually as concerned with with labor and like being a worker as it is just kind of like ideas about connectiveness which are maybe a little less interesting to me yeah i think at least with like designing the truck i like i, I did really go in with like damon as being like i just want to make a big truck with a bunch with like big wheels that bounces around it's not like rigid it, it kind of flow all across the terrain <laughs> so i'm almost like why can't it go up hills? Well, like, because it was designed for space stuff. There you go. There's the answer. And then just moving on to something else. I know for me, I went in with having played like In Other Waters, which I love that so much as a person who likes UI, who likes vector art and stuff. That game is exquisite. But then also like Signal from Tolva and Tacoma uh, were like references we, we, we were looking at, or at least like had in the back of my mind. I guess for me, when I say reference, it's like I played this game. It has some kind of space in my head and I'm not going to replay it. I'm just going to take my imagined, like my, my memory of it for how I want to like design, think, process, like the game I'm making at the, at the current moment. Yeah, like one, one thing we had going in was I was curious about if we had robots and we could make, we could customize their personality for the jobs they had or were going to be given, they were being assigned brains and personalities and assigned a job and not really having any way to change that job. Almost like you're kind of locked into your work for life almost. And their personalities, as I said, are assigned. So it's like, the like i think because it was based around ground and orby those are the two like fundamental ones of like okay ground the player character is more freewheeling and able to react to problems and stuff but isn't necessarily capable of deep like deep dense problem solving it's more just like reacting to the environment and playing these mini games and having those mini games and be like like at one point like freya said like each of these games can be brute forced because that's what a computer can do best is brute forcing math or like gameplay and stuff or as in like, like systems and choices in that. So there's that, but Orbi is all about not being anxious and being all about data and information. Cause if you're fixing a satellite, you've only got the one satellite, you can't replace it. Right. So you need to do it perfectly every time. So I think in hindsight, it's like, yeah, this does set itself up for exploring labor or the context around it, because almost like I feel like your job dictates what kind of person you become. I know for me, I feel like having been someone who's gone from art into code, it's almost like my way of perceiving the world and reality has changed into thinking about it more abstractly, uh, thinking about it in like a code or unity based way of like, almost imagining the hierarchy of objects in the scene. I know for me, like I've been struggling with I'm not struggling, but I've been kind of like learning that, oh, I dissociate and I have like this thing called um, feelings of unreality happen. So I almost quite literally feel like I'm in a world that's 3D in a game in the sense of the world is made of mesh and flat things with no weight to them. So in a very negative sense, like my job has kind of made me like perceive the world differently. And like this is all to say, like I don't necessarily think to what I remember, I don't think we go that deep into the, in the sense of 
how does labor affect you or like how does your work dictate who you are but definitely like we explore it i guess like one way of putting it is even though all these robots are being very like they are given just this one job role they are more than that like they have their own tweaks and differences they have their own fixations because of what their job is like i think ada is the one that's really focused on getting wire management down perfectly because like they've run into a whole bunch of things where the wires weren't crisp or like perfect and that started to like become their fixation yeah it it kind of feels like it the writing tends to kind of propose a lot of like big questions with sort of like ambiguous answers like there is um in the same way that the the game is kind of like slow and a little like loose um you're just kind of like moving around this mostly featureless desert a lot of the conversations also seem to be kind of like you know like conversations you would have with somebody where there's like you know just a weird idea that you had and you're just like you know i've been thinking about how do emotions work and it's like well we're not gonna answer this in the span of a five minute conversation so here's just some ideas that i have um which i th- I think i think works for the really loose structure of the game quite well i don't know if it becomes like more if there's like more of an overarching plot or something that sort of starts to emerge later on um i think i'm still a bit early i'm somewhere in in act two yeah act two has the most of that i think and I mean, for me personally, I I love I love that shit. I love when when characters in any kind of media have these rambling, long conversations. That's what feels real to me. If we're talking about what, how do you make a real game or like a game reflect people? Like, how do you make a a character feel real to me? It's having these wandering dialogues that don't really go anywhere and like these starts and stops and starts and having characters kind of like loop on themselves or bring things up again and again that just feels natural to me and what like especially in the context of day and maintenance with them all being robots i think this like almost speaks more to it of like hey these robots just kind of talk like us because like we have based these robots on human brains and given them personalities that have human traits so they do talk like humans i don't remember it being like a like a directive i gave to freya and elliot um because elliot harriman also worked on this game um thanks to them they were great on it but i know for me it's like no one has the perfect answer to big big questions we can like figure things out and like like we can understand the chemicals of how our brain works, but I think like keeping things a bit vague and not understandable is almost a I don't know. It's it's how I approach things because having that vagueness is just has like more like colors, more variation, more like details to like get a bit lost in. It's like a big philosophy philosophy thing, art philosophy thing. Because it's almost like when you're having these like long rambly conversations and you go over them again you have these little discoveries or these moments between like at least between me and my coworkers, where they start talking about what they're doing and then you ask something they keep talking then you jump in and it's like that's almost like how you discover people and how you discover like learn about people and stuff almost like it's part of how conversations work for me like i said earlier like my my head jumps around a lot and conversations jump around a lot too and having like games with very rehearsed or acted dialogue definitely well they definitely make a lot more sense and make make their point a lot more clearly (laughs) i guess to me they there's a tiny bit of like rigidity or something in them which makes for good drama but i think almost like i don't know at least in at least in capital capital R, the real world, the like the random the random wandering conversation and miscommunication is where a lot of drama comes out from. So, yeah, I don't know. I just like casual dialogue, I guess, because yeah, many reasons. 
Yeah, it reminds me a lot of kind of older, somewhat pulpy, like science fiction novels, which were kind of in a similar vein of just let's let's ruminate on this this sort of philosophical idea for you know 200 pages the sort of tone of the the game both this and um a forgetful loop kind of feel like they're in that lineage a bit more so than they are some of the more contemporary sci-fi which i think is like often being very very explicitly allegorical and also more more like character and action focus more so than 70s 60s like era sci-fi which uh was more about like imagining just like what would this what would this environment be like like what would people talk about like abstracted through like sort of the concerns the the current day which which is quite interesting to see kind of reflected in a game that is not like explicitly being like or a throwback to to old sci-fi which doesn't tend to actually be like delivery sort of the same the same sensation uh it was interesting playing a day a day of maintenance so close to uh, i just finished reading clara and the sun by kazo ishiguro which is surprisingly actually quite similar in like its sort of themes like it's about a sort of uh ambiguously near future where there are like robot caretakers who are sort of um in charge of raising like children and being friends and sort of taking care of like like sort of readying them for future careers more or less um and it's told from the perspective of one of them who is like throughout like the whole book is kind of in the process of trying to square like what she knows about humans of kind of this this loose like cosmology that she's created to sort of understand the world her own way like for stuff that she can't explain like how the sun works or like you know weird machines that she sees and doesn't really understand how they how they operate and has kind of like a similar interest in like autonomy and understanding the world through kind of naive eyes that are like have been designed for like a very specific task but also have to just exist in the world as like a sentient being you you mentioning sort of the like sensation of kind of dissociating and seeing seeing things in like meshes and like different shapes um it's kind of what made me remember it because like throughout the book like uh clara's like emotional state is kind of reflected in how she sees the world like it'll like environments will be described as like existing in multiple cubes that'll sort of like have varying degrees of intensity based on kind of like the um emotional state of of how she's feeling uh in in like a very unclear and and never like fully articulated way but like um conveys a lot of emotion so it was it was interesting to to just happen to be reading that while also playing a day of maintenance and sort of seeing a lot of like similar interests but kind of from like opposite sides of kind of automated labor of one being like fully removed from humans and being like stuff that like people have like relegated to machines so that they don't have to like do manual labor basically and stuff that is like entirely about humans and sort of like trying to obfuscate that labor by making it like invisible and uh like subservient and friendly yeah and i think like i definitely wanted to like go with a very mundane kind of like reality like almost in like a kind of british sensibility kind of way of like no no the mundane way things will things will work like you're a robot driving a truck you talk with people that's it it doesn't get more exciting than that definitely when i was making it it it's like i i didn't want it to be like it's still like the real world like there are people like living amongst these shipwrecks trying to scavenge bits and pieces out of them to sell to the corporations that are making these robots and spacecraft. The corporations just don't want to do it themselves because of whatever regulations or whatever, like, well, it's cheaper this way. They don't need to care about the humans who are doing this kind of thing. Like, 
if I imagine like the world of day and maintenance, there are still people who are like homeless. There are still people who are like working below the poverty line or the living wage line. Like there are, there are still people like doing blue collar work. It's just almost like, I don't necessarily think we tackled this point. I don't, I don't remember writing or talking about this point with Freya too much about like, there are blue collar humans, but there are also robots doing that blue collar work. So like, what happens with the humans in this case because like, we made the point of like even like the trains are being driven by robots so like what jobs are left like it's almost like i guess like we speak a lot about like managers and the human the, the robots being under like work quotas and being observed like perhaps like like to think about it now we didn't think about this making it but to think about it now I'd maybe go in a direction of a lot of the blue collar jobs in the maintenance universe are to observe the robots to make sure the robots are doing things right because it's a lot easier to have a human review footage and mark up for like bugs and problems over having to train an AI or a robot to do that and people still need to earn money to live and stuff so like it almost becomes so like not messy not just dy- like I'd, i want to avoid the word like dystopia and utopia almost like yes day maintenance is kind of a dystopia but i think using that word as like everything is miserable like no no like for a lot of people in this universe is miserable but for a lot of people it's like a real utopia at the same time because they get to live with these robots being servants or not like being service workers for them or helping them do things if I think like to think about it now with like how this year, how this year has gone for me personally with like um like going through therapy and like learning how emotions work and stuff and having to kind of relearn my body a bit. I think with day and maintenance there, there's a there's like there's a lot of space for another project to see how the robots connect emotions to the world. Because they definitely perceive it and talk about it and talk about themselves, but I don't think they talk about how they feel about the world which is a lot easier said than done because there is a way of doing it wrong and a way of doing it right for sure with that question like i think a way of doing it wrong is just saying like robots saying like i feel this i feel that i feel this i feel that it's like no i think like a robot would like an emotion feeling robot would be a very specific not not a very specific but a main character would be a very specific kind of articulate that is different to, to almost be kind of unhelpfully unhelpful like unhelpful with describing what i mean um because I'm, I'm just thinking about it now but yeah i think i think i have a general idea i would definitely recommend checking out claire in the sun uh especially because it also has a very british sensibility all of ishiguro's books do so I mean the name will link. I started reading uh, This Is How You Lose the Time War this week. That's already got me. Yeah, I like that one also quite a bit. Um, that one definitely uh, is is quite a bit more gay than uh, Claire and the Sun, so it does get bonus points. Yeah, I had I had one follow-up thought, though, to what you were saying, um, kind of about how like there's still humans in this world sort of you now observing the robots, um, sort of being like, managers of of them and yeah i can imagine like a version of a a sequel or something that sort of like looks more into that perspective because i think that's like increasingly also sort of like the direction a lot of like automation is going like especially with like new ai tools and like uh technology that's meant to like obfuscate that like humans are behind it like you know, you, the little robot cars that drive around to deliver your food that someone's using, like, an Xbox controller to control, where it's like, oh, this is just a cool robot. It's like, no, it's just, it's some person being paid a sub-minimum wage in, like, a warehouse. Like, those kinds of things feel very, like, pertinent to sort of the sort of questions that a day of maintenance is wrestling with, but kind of from, like, the opposite perspective of the the robots, of, like, the people who are, like, you know who who is still doing like the the new equivalent of like 
manual labor and like service industry work now that robots are like have have like taken over the most like frontline aspects of it yeah like it's almost like you need not need to but i think a a very confident way of exploring that is like by making it be f- very dehumanizing whereas maintenance is kind of deliberately humanizing about how we treat the robots like i think there's was some kind of like backstory we i wrote up about how like there was a law a un law passed to like give robots the right to like disconnect from the internet as like a concept of like no robots should be allowed to like exist without being observed all the time which definitely can lead into more questions and like story about like okay what does privacy mean for what is a tool or what some people will want to perceive as a tool like i vaguely remember in the back of my mind when we were making that game of like there being some kind of like back and forth of the corporations want to make sure the world still sees robots as tools to be used and like treated as like items and inventory but at the same time they want them to be autonomous enough where they don't need to hire human beings so there's this back and forth and struggle and there would be these like rights groups and act- activist groups that tie in robot like robot rights with like other human rights in the sense of privacy or um like labor rights and stuff right i can't confidently say if we tie it not tie it not deliberately tie it but speak of it like transhumanism or of a kind of human rights stuff but i want to say there was some kind of talk at some point between me and freya and elliot of like do we want to mention these two being connected in some way or at least like as a backstory thing of like okay like in the greater law of the game how do these two intertwine because they feel like they should intertwine at some point but again i speak of that now like after like a year oh yeah after over a year of being removed from having um released it which feels insane to me to say it's like well it's been over a year since i did that push the big green button on steam uh Christ. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Very, very. It's always remarkable to me how much just immediately all the information just evacuates my head when I finish a big project. Just like been, I've been hyper focusing on this one thing. I can't think about it anymore in my life. Yeah, Damien also had like interesting moments for me of real exhaustion, and then taking a little break and then continuing and then feeling exhausted, taking a break and continuing and having to really learn how to approach a year long project production. Cause um, like I always did that for work and stuff, but up to that point, most of the projects I ever worked on, they only lasted like a year at most. So, or at least a year and a half. So day of maintenance was almost one of the longest projects I've ever worked on and having to manage that in my own time and yeah that game really really took it out of me at times but like like saying it taught like saying it taught me a lot is like too small a word because like every project you work on teaches you so much and like you said like a lot of those like lessons learned get lost very quickly but uh like forgetful loop was a two or three month crunch for me it it was a crunch and I could not stop myself from crunching on it. And I learned a big lesson with that is like, if you do crunch on your own personal project, like for me, that game's toxic. Like I, I, I physically like feel like revulsion at the idea of opening and touching that project and like trying to like make another level or update it or something. Whereas day of maintenance, I can go back and open it and fix it at the same time. It's, yeah like doing doing projects that are longer than a month or two months is a real it's a real test of like your management your database like you're making your own database and like library of documents to keep track of stuff task management as well as like so many other things and to be a year and a, or i think over a year yeah it released in april so we're almost that year and a half removed so 
it feels both like in ancient history and yet very much like yesterday <laughs> to me right now because of that game. Yeah. Well, very, very remarkable that you're able to, to make something this large um, and not completely destroy yourself in the process. I know that's definitely a a very um, real possibility with with uh, games and especially, I think, small production. It sounds like the the control and organization needed to to do that is really um much more than a lot of people tend to to initially speculate i think there is a part of like keeping yourself under control in the sense of now it's 11 p.m it's my bedtime i need to get some good sleep um at the same time one thing i usually say to people is like you need you do i feel like you need to do one thing on your project every day like even if it's the smallest thing, like fixing a typo or doing a line of code or something, doing one sprite, like try and do the smallest thing on your project every day, even if you are exhausted, which I know is like, I think I say that with caution, like I've learned lessons around it. It's, I don't think there is like a, there is like a balance to it, but it's a very difficult balance to find. But the most important thing with very long projects is like keeping momentum. Cause like, if you lose one day on a project, it feels like you've lost like three, four days worth of momentum or interest to keep it going. At the same time, it's like you got to manage your energy and like your stress and your tiredness levels. And I know for me, like I've got like the experience of like my day job feeding into like my personal projects and then having my day job teach me a lot of lessons with management and stuff. But even with those, it's like, okay, I'm still making a lot of mistakes. Uh, Cause you, you're always going to make mistakes, but um learning your own like your own gauge for when you're exhausted i think for me is like very it's impossible not impossible but very difficult for me to learn because again like i could not have made day of maintenance without even when exhausted finding some way of doing a little bit of work on it like yeah i, I got rsi making that game or like an, an injury in my arm and I still could not keep myself away from it. Like I, I started like t slowly typing out stuff with my right hand rather than using both hands. And like, I'm not proud of that, of that like memory. At the same time, part of me is proud for like maintaining some kind of momentum through that and working around that. Like, okay, I'm going to only work for five minutes and then stop. I'm going to do a little bit and stop. Like, I'm going to keep working, but I'm going to like make sure I keep this injury very much in the forefront of my awareness. But I say that with like a thing of like, hey, like people don't do that because um, you just keep that that doesn't let your injury heal. But like I say, I flip flop a lot on this like stuff. Yeah, it's definitely something that I've sort of struggled with is uh, knowing when to to take a break i'm kind of a perennial overworker it's only like in the last year or two where i've like been able to like allow myself to just like not push myself past the point of of where i know like my energy level is and i know i'm just gonna like feel like shit if i if i like keep going even if like a lot of me often wants to because it's like even when it's miserable it's like um, there's like a sense of of uh, fulfillment from having done the thing and like you know now it's now it's like out of my it's off my plate now so it's like okay well now I don't have to think about it in the future it's like you know going to the doctor or something um, but like completely self-imposed on whatever I'm working on because it's like I think for me like so much of it comes from like I only have a few hours in the evening my weekend so I want to make sure my weekends are as valuable as possible from like working on my own projects thing. But especially like last year and this year, it's like, okay, well, I've, I found a gym that has classes. So I want to go to those classes. I found social things to go to. I want to go to those socials. Like I'm, I'm having like, I have finally learned or discovered what people mean by like the triangle, right? Of like hobbies, social life and like rest or gym. It's like, you can only do so many of those things in like a night or a week. And for like the longest time, like 
like day of maintenance and forgetful loop were my social life in a way like talking with people around it talking with my friends on discord and stuff like i would just come from work get home be on discord and like talking with my friends as i worked on my game i'd spend my weekends working on the game and then going out for a coffee to like draw or listen read a book and come back like in a way like those games like got me through the pandemic because like not got not sort of like i know day of maintenance was it was like a constant in my life which i could control and like was fully like this was my own personal thing that i'm working towards finishing and yeah especially in like the case of like i think like like losing a job or like changing jobs moving flats and stuff like day of maintenance was like i can always work on this this is my own little thing it's my own universe like it's my escape from the world and especially having that and keeping kind of momentum on it is really like for me it was really mentally beneficial yeah because of that it made it really 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 difficult to ever stop or like ever stop working on it taking a break of any kind like i did take a break for a couple of months but i still worked on a yaoi jam project and i'm really glad i worked on that yaoi jam project because it was like okay day maintenance is getting too real too stressful but i still want to make something so what i'll do is i'll make like a like microcosm of that game of you're playing i think this was like two peas in a pod it was called where you're playing two robots wandering around a little terrain researching stuff and talking and it was using the same kind of systems and ideas as day maintenance but a lot more wholesome and hearty and a gay relationship at its core but i was still working during that break from day of maintenance but like going from a massive project where everything was getting too real and too stressful towards like hey it's a little experiment for two months it doesn't need to go anywhere i'm gonna have a lot of fun with it by writing two really lovey-dovey sappy little romantic robots and it was refreshing in a way to like come back to day of maintenance and go oh shit this thing is huge no wonder i was getting a bit too stressed by it but yeah i'm i vaguely remember coming back to it after yaoi jam and going oh this game is good it's big it's, it's like it's done like it's very it's a lot further along than i thought it was like i was worried about how much there was left and i came back to it fresh and went yeah okay like this is doable like in like not in two three four years like it's going to be done in the next half a year or something i came back to it in september and thought it would be done by october or december got to december and went i need a couple more months and then got to like february and went okay this version of the game is releasable now i'm going to give myself more two more months to fix it finish it and it is done done and then yeah yeah wrapped it all up and just to shout out like Dana, Dana Ann or Gadget Patch, they go by, I think. They were, they did last minute QA on the game and Jesus Christ, they were so helpful for that. Day of maintenance changed so much in the last week or two before release, I swear to God. <laughs> so many things fixed and changes, but changes like, yeah. QA is so good, you guys. It's so helpful. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everyone needs needs an editor. Everyone needs a QA person. Highly, highly recommend if you can find someone that's able to do that work. Uh, you know, do it doing the Lord's work. But speaking of conserving energy, uh, I think this is probably a good time to to wrap things up before I spiral off into another tangent. Uh, where can where can people find your work uh, on the internet and keep up with new stuff you're making? Yeah, so um, I go by the nickname Big Hand in Sky. Uh, that comes from like a World of a Warcraft free like gag line, I think. Uh, no, I know, yeah. And I'm on itch.io and Medium and some other places. Uh, it's all one word, Big Hand in Sky. But if you search Day of Maintenance, you'll find it on itch or Steam, and you can go from there to find my other games and stuff. Cool. Any anything new or coming out that you want to promote or tease so um i started on this like project around dating apps and kind of exploring a lot of personal baggage and like history with that 
I started that last year and was going to try and release it this year, but then life stuff kind of got in the way. And it's not going to come out soon. It might not come out at all, but I am like opening up the project, trying to do some bug fixes and at least think about it a bit. So I will gently, not like I will, I guess gently tease that. Otherwise, I'm kind of like <clears throat> taking a bit of a break from game dev to like do more like drawing and painting and stuff. So yeah, I guess like in a way I want to promote like, hey, get a canvas, like get some like paper, get some paints from a nearby art store, art shop. And uh, yeah, painting is really nice, like physically with acrylics or oil. Yeah, I I have like a bunch of tiny canvases that I need to to start working on something manageable because haven't painted in, in quite a few years and definitely miss that. Good to do stuff that's not on a screen uh, after spending my whole day looking at a screen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. So uh, to close out the show, I like to have guests share something that they've enjoyed recently, maybe something that's been inspirational or you know just something cool that they found. If you have anything you'd like to shout out, I know you mentioned a couple things, but... You know, close out the show. Yeah, I think um I guess like me being me, I kinda have two answers. I think one answer is like I a couple of my friends have like shown me Myrtle, which is a wordle variant or clone where you're solving murder mysteries. And it's really good. Like it's a bit difficult at first to get over, get like to learn how it works, but once you do it, it's a really nice like daily puzzle. But um, I think, like, the honest answer for me is, like, my partner, um, like, we started dating, like, earlier this year, and then things got more serious and more serious. And, um, yeah, they, to, 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 be, to be a cliche, like, that, I'm, I'm just really glad they're in my life. And, yeah, they, having someone reflect you into you in a different way or a new way is reflecting my personality and my traits and what i say back to me in a way that makes me go oh like okay i i am good I, like i am good at what i do or I, I i do i do have like good thoughts and like i can like express myself or paint good like um those sorts of things uh yeah it's just yeah it's good yeah well that's lovely and uh, yeah and i'll definitely have to check out myrtle i've been still very habitually playing all of these daily games so you know what's one more to add to my add to my rotation yeah um me and my pals discovered redactyl um or someone linked to it where you're so you're trying to like find all the words in a wikipedia page to kind of guess what it is and it's like so brutally difficult that i i solved one page once and went okay i'm done like i i I'm so done because I spent half the day on and off trying to figure it out. Yeah, I think I did that once and had a had a similar experience. You wouldn't think it would be that hard, but no, because it's like it is any page on Wikipedia, so it's like, and they're long pages too, so you think you can guess it, but it's not like guessing north, south, west, east, and none of them appear, and it's like, what the hell? What is this page? Yeah. And then you remember that chemistry exists and it's like, oh no, I don't know any chemistry anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once when once I figure out that it's it's some kind of chemical or other science term, I'm just like, there's no way. It's not gonna happen. Uh cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Uh hope you get some rest. I imagine it's a million or I don't even know how time works. It's very late, I assume, over where you are. But yeah, looking forward to future projects you might come out with and yeah excited to chip away at more of a day of maintenance and hear more of these cool cool radio conversations yeah thank you very much for inviting me it was a it's been a pleasure and yeah really nice to like talk about all this stuff again Critical Care is produced by me, Natalie, with music by Desired. You can find Desired on Bandcamp at desired.bandcamp.com. I'm on Twitter at boo, it's Natalie. 
and you can keep up with everything Critical related at Critical.com. If you'd like to help keep the lights on, consider supporting the show on Coffee. Until next time, take care, and thanks for listening. <laughs>